Hello and welcome to Good Sex, Bad Sex, a podcast from metro.co.uk. It's a bit like having a New Year's Eve party, but no one's coming. It's funny because it's true. true. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Bibi Lynch. And I'm Miranda Kane. Today, we're going to be talking to the fabulous Laurie Beth Bisbee. Dr. Laurie Beth Bisbee, sorry, about, well, uh, something that I think you might be interested in. Certainly something that I feel the kind of relationship that we've been in for the last three years. Hi, I'm Dr. Laurie Beth Bisbee. I'm a psychologist and a sex and intimacy coach, and I'm really looking forward to talking about power exchange and authority transfer-based relationships today. Please welcome to Good Sex, Bad Sex, Dr. Laurie Beth Bisbee, who is a clinical psychologist and a sex and, sex and intimacy coach, try saying that 32 times, and <laughs> has spent over 30 years helping people to create and sustain meaningful and exciting relationships with fantastic sex. Ooh. And I have brought you on, Dr. Laurie, because I am absolutely intrigued by something that you, um, you practice and that you are in and uh which is a authority transfer based relationship so please can you explain what is for bb who i think is <laughs> mainly intrigued by this what is an authority transfer based relationship okay so um we used to call them power exchanges but you don't really give away your power so it didn't it and, I mean, I still use the term power exchange because that's what people understand. Yeah, that was going to be what my first question was. What is the difference between that and a power exchange? There's no difference. It's just that you don't actually ever give away your power. You give, it's like you don't, you know, it's like you lend somebody the car. You give them the keys to your car, right? Mm. You don't You don't give them the car. You, you, you can't really, um, in a consensual relationship, you can't really completely give your power away. You always have the power to decide to leave. That's, yeah. that's, that's a power that you always have. You always have that agency. So, um, so authority transfer makes much more sense. So is it more of a, a long-term thing than, cause a lot of people might be more, they might just know it more as a, a dom sub relationship or something. So is there, uh, does there something about it that makes it more long-term or, uh, is it, can it just be anything from an hour to a year to a lifetime? Absolutely. I mean, it, it's not really any different. Um, I think when we talk about power exchange, we're talking about what we're doing. When we talk dom-sub, we're talking about the roles. So, oh. I mean, so the simplest way to describe power exchange to people is one person's in charge and the other isn't. Very simple, <laughs> right? It's very much like me and BB. That yeah, means, I mean, that's, yeah. Just, that's just life, isn't it? <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Perfect. But that, that's the point. It is life. All relationships have power dynamics. Every relationship has a power dynamic. The difference is, is that we actually negotiate ours. We talk oh. about it. We negotiate it. We talk about it. And so it becomes something that you can play with and have fun with. Whereas it, take a typical marriage, mm. old fa an old-fashioned marriage. There's a power exchange there, right? Mm. Um, in an old-fashioned marriage, usually, but not always, the man is in charge of bringing in the money. Mm. And looking after and looking after the family financially, they're in charge of taking out the trash, 
right? Yeah, the old the old fashioned ones. Yep, doing things yeah. to the car, you know. <laughs> Gardening. That's all the man's province. Fixing things, right? The honey do list, and the woman's in charge of the kids, keeping the house clean, and the part they don't tell you about, which is the emotional life, right? Um, and and often. Well, the man's in charge of initiating sex. The woman's in charge of making sure that sex is fun, right? That's in old-fashioned relationships. So there's a power dynamic there. It's just not been negotiated. Nobody's talked about what's expected. Nobody's said, I'm willing to do this or not. In a power exchange or authority transfer-based relationship, it's negotiated. And so that means you can make it more extreme. So in my world... I run two businesses, Um, I see clients, I run groups, I speak, I write. Nobody could say I'm submissive in any way in any of these things, right? (laughs) Yeah, you don't come across as that at all. No, I I don't. Um, It is a choice that I make, right? So I don't. So that's my world. Um, In my relationships, I take direction and that's what works for me. Surrender works for me. It means I don't have to make decisions. I don't have to be in charge of things all the time. I don't carry the relationship all the time. Since I am somebody who is a control freak, relationships don't work well when you're a control freak. Sex. (laughs) (laughs) Phoebe, are you just coming towards a a revelation? It it makes things really difficult. If you're, well, I can control myself into a corner. I mean, I'm really good at this. It just makes life really difficult if you can't give up any control. But in particular, if you want to have an orgasm, you've got to give up control. You cannot be in control and have an orgasm at the same time. You at least have to give up control to your body, if not the, if not the other person, right? So having, choosing to give up control for all of the things that come with relationship means that I get around that part of me that feels like I can't let go of anything. So, I can, I've got, oh my God, I've got so many questions. I can see that being, <laughs> oh my God, oh my God. I can see that being so liberating because it's like, I tell you my equivalent to that is if I go abroad to a country, I mean, obviously a million years ago um, <laughs> when, I, when I had a career and money and there wasn't a pandemic. Um, I, if, and it was a country that I couldn't speak the language. I love, I, that would be the time when I'm following someone else. They're, they're making all decisions. I'm like, this is freedom because I, I clog my brain. But let me ask you, so are you talking sexually or within everything about the relationship, emotion and everything? Another question, two, two questions. When you discuss it, when you kind of talk about it, does that kind of diffuse the joy of it? You know, are you kind of sanitizing it? Third question, with all respect, <laughs> why are you needed? No, why are you needed? Because if this is why, why are you kind of teaching people? Because if this is what we do naturally, we do it naturally. Because we don't, because we do it naturally, but we don't talk about, I'll answer the third question first. Because you don't talk about it, it's just annoying to people. They're not agreeing to it, right? They, they're not agreeing to it. They're not choosing their role. They're not deciding how they want to be. You don't sexualize any of the other bits, which I'll get to in a second, right? It's just life. And most of the time people chafe because they don't know what their partner's expectations are. They just, they buy into, I always tell people, particularly if you're heteronormative, you buy into this thing you've been taught since birth 
the happily ever after model. And there's a box on the shelf and you just take that, you know, DVD box with the movie off the shelf. And that comes with a set of rules, expectations, patterns that you don't agree to. You just buy into it. And actually they chafe for a lot of people. A lot of people, like uh, there are a lot of men who aren't happy carrying the full load. There are a lot of women who would really much like rather be in control in terms of um, earning the money, for example, and would rather have their partner stay at home. But if you don't talk about it, you just kind of do it. You end up with conflict because nobody's agreed to anything. So that's one part of it. Yeah. Then there's the fun part of it. So, so one of the things is if you give up, so a lot of people do this in the bedroom only. I, this is my life. I give up control to two people. I live with one who is not a micromanager. So basically in my life, my relationship life, I act in accordance with what I believe he would want. I don't have to ask permission for everything I do because he is not a micromanager. That works well, but I needed more balance. So I decided, yeah, I decided to have a relationship with somebody who is a micromanager. <laughs> oh, Laurie. Go on a beach. I'm not going to sing the song, but oh, Laurie. <laughs> exactly. So um, I don't live with him, but yeah, he, he definitely takes charge in all sorts of ways. So, so there's that. So I do this that way. Some people do it just in the bedroom. The fun of doing it the way that we do it long-term, part of the fun of it is you can sexualize anything. <laughs> right. If you have a deep sexual connection with somebody and they're telling you what to do, doing the dishes can be fun. Mm. Right. Anything yeah. that you do can take on an erotic energy. And so it's a lot of fun. It's just a lot of fun. There's erotic energy in all aspects of my life. So I can't really complain about that. Now, is it 24 seven like that? No, it's not. I mean, we have the, all the issues that any normal couple will have. We have. Right. You know, like my husband during the, um, because a pandemic wasn't enough, right? <laughs> this has been, 2020 was the most shit year. And then, and then in some ways, wonderful, but the most shit year ever. Because a pandemic wasn't enough on the 29th of April, he had a heart attack. Oh, oh my God. I know. So in the middle of all of this, now he's okay. He's still in, in his recovery phase, but he's okay. Oh, but God. I mean, and in the middle of the night, of course, just what you want. Oh, like, my God. Woke up out of a dead sleep. I mean, the only advantage to the pandemic was that they actually took him because it was during the lockdown. They actually took him to the specialist heart unit, which was a half an hour away because he was stable. So they yeah. were like, there's nobody on the road. We can just gun it. And they took him there and they didn't hold him in um, emergency or anything like that. Right. They took him straight in to surgery so that was amazing but um but then I couldn't be there and this was all it was crazy so there was a recovery time after that it, clearly I am in charge of taking care of him right now like he is you know the the kind of stuff that we would have done was all off the menu because yeah. he's recovering from heart surgery yeah that's so interesting so that's so, so and how's that how's that I mean I thank god he's well I'm really happy about that but let's dismiss that just for a second. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I don't mean it like that. No, I know I mean, exactly what you mean. But absolutely. I mean, for you, yeah. how was that? That Because it was kind of an enforced change in your dynamic. Well, did that feel really odd? It was, what was really hard was that, um, and it was really interesting for me, I had never really considered his mortality. And I know that sounds bizarre, but um, I have some chronic health conditions. So I considered my heart mortality years ago. So I, you know, I, I had my head around that and all of that. But um, uh, he was a rock. And in part, because of the nature of our dynamic, he was a really big rock, right? 
Mm. And so I was suddenly confronted with the fact that, oh my God, he's mortal. And it was, it was a huge shock. It knocked me for six. And during the time that he was, of course, because of COVID, I couldn't be in the hospital with him. And I didn't know what was going on with him for the first three hours because they couldn't find anybody to answer a phone and tell me. And normally I would have been at the hospital. So they would have said, he's okay. And we're doing surgery and just relax. But there was nobody to answer the phone. So I was freaking out. But I was on the phone with one of my partners at the time who's in the States. We, they stayed on Zoom with me throughout the whole, most of the night, actually. They were amazing. Wow. Mm. Um, but I was like completely thrown. And, and one of my oldest friends, when I spoke to him later that, that next day, while he, my husband was still in the hospital, he's like, so how are you doing with realizing he was mortal? And I was like, oh my God, that's what it is. I, I was yeah. completely thrown. I was like a child rather than like an adult. Mm. Um, and my 18 year old was in better shape than I was actually. He was like, an 18 year old. I do. I'm 57. Oh, oh shut God. up. Yes. No. Oh yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> So this is obviously working for you. It is. Whatever you're doing. <laughs> it, 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 it is. I mean, when people say to me, oh my God, how do you, how do you look younger than, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, so here it is. No son. Right? <laughs> oh, that, that's shit. a big one. Right. No son. Um, good genetics. But the, the thing that actually does it is happiness. That, that shows through. Well, if I'm having a sh- really shit day, I look older. I look closer to my age. <laughs> well, I have got none out of three there. So oh, yeah. well done, everyone. Well done, everyone. <laughs> Bloody hell, no, this is... Miranda. Yeah. I've, I've, what were your questions? I forgot what your questions were, so, Bini. You I asked no, no, there was, there was a, Why do we need you? Because, oh, because... So your answer kind of prompted something else in my head. If... Look, you what know, were your first three questions? <laughs> my first three questions were, um, is it just sexual? And you said no. And then... Um, something else which was fabulous but can't remember and then um why do we need you and i'm going to repeat that question because you've just said that it we don't kind of discuss it but isn't part of attraction subconsciously going for people that are that do that for us anyway that we take the right role with no i'm I'm going to tell you i'm going to tell you i spend so much time with people on this most of us initially subconsciously go for what we knew which has to do with the dynamics that went on in our families of origin um, and unfortunately, many of us have experienced shit families of origin. <laughs> so you're depressing the fuck out. That's that. that's what we go for. But the way there are easy ways to get through this. I mean, I I, I do. Um, in fact, I'm doing this on the ninth. I do a four hour workshop that starts this process, which is create your ideal relationship. Which starts out with helping people start to deconstruct the patterns. Mm-hmm. This the story I've been telling for years. Like 30 years ago, if I walked into a room and there were 100 people in the room. And there was only one person who was an addict or an alcoholic. That was the only person I was attracted to. Yeah. And I'd be like, you know, after I went through the first relationship with someone like that, I was sort of like, I don't want to do this again. And I kept doing it and I wouldn't see it. And then all of a sudden it would be there. I was like, what the hell? So it took me a while before I realized that what I wanted was there's a certain edge that addicts have. Hmm. There's an edginess. I wanted the edginess, but I didn't want the lying, in, in, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I, once I realized that, I started seeing the other people in the room. Because before, I never would have seen them. Right? A, a guy or a gal could come up to me and be chatting away, and they could be like completely not addicted, right? 
nice and attractive and not addicted. And it would be like, I have blinders on. I'm they're just not, not there. I, they're not there. I didn't see it. But once I, I deconstructed the pattern, then I started seeing more people. Oh, that's interesting. So I am, I, you know, my husband um, has been sober for 30 some years. Hmm. He's got the edge and none of the shit. Right? <laughs> but I, I, like I said, I, I absolutely, if I had met him 30 years ago, I would not have seen it. Maybe even 20 years ago, I wouldn't have seen it. I mean, it was, it was definitely a progression of understanding what is it that is attracting me. And, and I did not grow up in a family of origin where there was, in fact, addiction in, with, between my parents. But the extended family, there was addiction. So the pattern was there and it's the emotional pattern and the energetic pattern and the behavior that you're, that it's that unconscious kind of, oh, they smell right. They feel familiar. And then, no, but this is what I didn't want. The other one, I, that, that passive aggressiveness. Oh my God. Oh, oh my oh, God. Yeah. Like, really, can I not have that? Right? Yeah. Yeah. That so, one, that one was harder actually. <laughs> but if, if someone wanted to start a, a kind of a power, a, a, what, what's the best way to put it these days? I don't well, know. I just, it, it, it's fine to call it. relationship. Yeah, if you want to start that kind of, you can call it power exchange. Or it doesn't matter which term you use. It's the same okay. thing. Okay. If, so, if someone wants to start that type of relationship, the best way to go about it, um, first know who you're dealing with. I mean, look, you're starting a relationship with a human. Hmm. Find, find out about the human. What people often do when they're, they're interested in doing this is they go out on the internet looking for dominance or submissives, right? Yeah. Um, oh my God, no. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. Please, please, please risk assess. Hmm. And I was going to say risk assess like you would with any relationship, but what I've discovered, which is one of the reasons why I do classes on this now, is that most people don't risk assess when it comes to their relationships. They do on jobs, they do about where they live, but they don't do shit when it comes to relationships. It's amazing. They just, again, it's, I think it's that myth that we're fed, you know, that we're supposed to just know, you know, we connect with somebody and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have your soulmate and you go off into the sunset together without a problem. How do you risk assess though in a, in a pandemic era? Well, I mean, there's a lot you can do on the internet. You know, when you, it, it, the problem is most of your risk assessment, as you, as you're rightfully pointing out, is going to be about observing the person hmm. and it's going to be how you feel when you're observing them. Right. So yes. one of the things I always tell people, if you're going out for a meal, watch how they treat the server. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do they treat their fr- friends, people they introduce you to if they're in a conversation? So right now you're kind of limited to what happens on Zoom. So yeah. if, you go, if you go to group events, however, I always suggest that people consider doing background checks. They're not very difficult to do. They at least weed out the obvious issues. Um, a lot of a lot of the problems aren't about somebody being abusive. You know, we, we focus on that because obviously it's, um, there's a lot of dangerous folk out there and you can find yourself hurt, but actually more often than not, it's just a bad fit. So yeah. it's, it's not somebody who's dangerous, but they're going to be emotionally bad for you rather than emotionally bad for the person next to you. Yeah. How do you mean doing a background check? check? I mean, do you just mean on social media or like proper journalist oh. access? I would, I would go and see, there are services that you can hire and it's worth the money. 
how would you feel if someone did that to you? Well, you'd love it, Laurie. How would I feel if someone did it to me? Uh, I mean, I don't know. You know what? I don't know. I think I, I mean, I know, I know a couple of people who have that I've, I've been, I've been involved with. Um, and so it was tough because then, you know, there are things that you won't necessarily tell somebody straight out that, um, you might, you know, that like, for example, if you've had financial problems at any time, like, do you really want somebody to confront you with that? Like something that happened whenever, you know, if you're not in a relationship with somebody, it might feel like it's none of their business. Right. Yeah. But, um, but it's worth doing some of that work in order to weed out things like like long criminal records and things like that i mean it's and and again it's you deciding what you want like you might decide that if somebody had financial problems you'd want to talk with them about it but that's not going to rule them out of being yeah it doesn't partner yeah but but if somebody has has a rape conviction that might do yes I was going to say, and I'm certainly, my red flags are always raised if someone says, oh, my ex was crazy. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. Um, so when, are there like anything, because you were saying earlier about how you were negotiating the relationship and how you negotiate with each other. Are there any particular things that you're like, right, for definite, these are three things that you need to start negotiating straight away off the bat with someone. So the first thing is, is that even if you're going to do a power exchange relationship, negotiation happens as equals. So anybody who's trying to get you to call them, you know, mommy, daddy, sir, ma'am, and push for that, the kind of stuff that will initiate that. No, you negotiate as equals. There's nothing you can't say in a negotiation. There's nothing that's off the table in a negotiation because that's the place where you make the decisions. You need, and that's a place where you get consent. And consent in these relationships is explicit. It should always be explicit, but it's explicit in all the details. It needs to be affirmative. And it needs to be clear that if there's something you want to withdraw consent on, how do you go about doing that? Uh, yeah. That you need was the good. equivalent of a safe word. Yeah. Well, you would have safe words for play, but yes, you need the equivalent... I guess I wouldn't even have a safe word. It's just a, what, a relationship. what the relationship one. What are you going to say if this isn't working? How do you work out differences? Yeah. How do you make sure that you're working out differences so that you're heard, particularly if you're going to, if you're in the submissive role, mm. there needs to be a mechanism for you to express what you need to express without fear of running against whatever rules you have set up. So yeah. without fear of punishment. Cause you're not, you aren't in a slave trade contract or anything like that you are still two adult humans in the western world who have total freedom over each other and you can sit down and renegotiate and you're choosing to do this and you're choosing to do it yeah that's right no no but i think people get thrown by the terms master slave and they they go ape shit about that but there's no reason to i mean the reality is you always have that that out the out is there now in some relationships that out is limited to well i'm not willing to renegotiate but you can always leave But in most relationships, there is a renegotiation. Some people, like one of my partner's contracts, annually, annually, the contract is renewed. Every Mm. year, like it or not, you sit down and go over the things you negotiated. Are these working? Are these not working? doesn't mean you can't bring up stuff during the year, but it's something that's there as a regular thing in order to make sure that things are on track and everybody's being heard. 
I quite oh like that in a relationship anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> so this is, honestly, so I'm someone, right, who my whole life has been ruined by soul music because it's basically, I love you, baby, I'll die if you leave. And I'm like, yes, that's what I'm looking for. Also, I go by star signs. <laughs> So, so I'm fucked and I'm terrible role models. I'm fucked. This is so interesting to me. I've got two questions. So um, <laughs> I'm going to write them down so I can write them down, Mary. Um, I guess most people that are coming to you or find you have a, a kind of have knowledge or a desire to be in this kind of relationship anyway, to have this kind of dynamic. But I, I think you can help people who kind of don't know they want that dynamic. Do you I do. know what I mean? But I Does do. that make sense? I mean, yeah, I work with people. I mean, I work with ordinary heteronormative couples too. Yeah. I work, I yeah. work with people across the board. Um, and I often end up getting people at the point at which they're thinking, this isn't working, what else can we do? Mm, yeah, that's what I think a lot of people would jump to. It's like, oh, right, well, we're in a heteronormative vanilla, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Vanilla's great, no problem with that. Um, vanilla relationship, so let's jump to. I mean, I've gone on dates where it started off vanilla, and like an hour in, and they're like, oh, so are you Dom or are you Sub? And I'm like, oh, just can we not just have a normal conversation? But it's, yeah, it seems to be something where people just jump to it. And is that, is that the, is that something that's advisable? Well, I, I think, I think you need to know who you are before you do anything. And, and mm. the, the, one of the issues that people have is that they go into relationships and they have no fucking clue what they want. Yeah. I mean, my yeah. favorite, my favorite example is a w- woman who got in touch with me having seen me speak. Um, and I was actually speaking at a business event about charisma um, um. and, and which, which, is connected to being comfortable with you. And if you're not comfortable sexually, you don't have charisma because you don't have access to that energy. And Mm -hmm. she said, you know, I have always, she said, I don't masturbate. Um, And, and most people do. Right. So she said, I don't, I don't masturbate. I never masturbated because I was brought up in a really religious group. What does she do in the mornings and the evenings? (laughs) I'm going to she does she does have orgasm with her husband but she started to worry that if he got sick or something happened to him that she would have no idea what to do because one of the Mm. things I said is we need to own our pleasure to start right and she said what do I do and I said well he knows how to do it he knows how to get you off why not ask him to teach you Uh, you know, and it, it's like, you need to understand what you desire. Yeah. And that's step one before partners, before anything you need to understand. That doesn't mean you won't learn from being with partners. We all do because somebody's like, I like this. Do you want to try it? And you, you've never thought of it. You go, Oh, I'll try it. And then you go, wow, I like that too. That's mm. fine. That's great. But a lot of people start relationships with the expectation and that the other person is going to help them figure out what yeah. they want. Yeah. They're not mind readers. Yeah, it kind of feels like this. This, if you went kind of full full power into a relationship like this, that would be quite easy to lose yourself in it. But actually, now after talking to you, you have to know yourself to know you want to be in it or how to do it once you're in it, and then actually you're discovering your true self. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, this is I've always known this about myself. This was not new. I mean, I I was nine years old and I dream of Jeannie was on. I made myself a bottle to live in. That was my uh, put it on the shelf. Uh, and so 
my friends were saying someday their prince would come. I'm like, someday my master will come. So, you know, <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> that was that's it, hilarious. you know. Get that on a t-shirt. Laurie, can people can people move from uh, different status? I'm sure status is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Kind of, you know, uh, dom sub with it, with different relationships. Yes, there are people who are switches, and and they enjoy both roles, and so they can be in a, one. They can switch within the same relationship. Although I've never understood that. I know people who do it, or they might switch in different relationships. So in one relationship they're dominant, in another relationship they're submissive. Mm. Or if there's like, there's hierarchy and large hierarchy in some, some groups of relationships. When you're thinking about poly people, you know, they might, you know, everybody might be submissive to the one, to the main dominant person, but there's a hierarchy underneath. Mm. So there are all sorts of patterns these relationships can take. And I mean, one of the things that I think gets in people's way is, is shame around these desires. And that was certainly something that I experienced and took a lot of work in order to be comfortable with. So I knew it about myself and then didn't feel comfortable with it. That's not unusual. I mean, we're not taught that this is acceptable and okay. We're pretty much taught that there's only one way to be in this world. And if you're not that way, then there's something wrong with you. Yeah. I think since me and Mary have been doing this podcast, which was like 82 years now, Miranda. Yes. It's, um, that's really changed in my head about what, you know, the only relationships available. It's totally opened my mind to everything. Uh, you were saying earlier that you were doing a course about building relationships. Uh, where else can people find more information about that? Right. So um, you can get the link. I still have my holiday gift guide up on my website. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the back of the, I mean, this is probably the easiest. You can either email me which is uh, Lori Beth at drlauribethbisbee.com. Or you can go on drlauribethbisbee.com, sign up for the mailing list, and you can get the link for the holiday gift guide. In the back of the holiday gift guide are all the classes I'm doing between now and uh, the beginning of May. And, ah. um, and there's links to purchase. And one of those is the Create Your Ideal Relationship. It's on the 9th of January. Um, I am doing another one, I think, in March. But this, the first one is on the 9th of January. Yeah. It's four hours. It's from 8 p.m. in the UK till midnight and on Zoom. And it's going to be a lot of fun. If you're embarrassed about coming to a workshop on Zoom and having your face seen, guess what? You can come and not have your face seen. Oh, handy. I, I did an oral sex class. Um, uh, yeah, we had so much fun. We Oral, oral fixation master class, which is, uh, it, we had such a blast. Oh um, my God. But, and I'm, do, I'm doing another one of those in February, but I, uh, we got three hours on oral sex. So the first one was oral sex for people with penises, oral sex for people with vulvas, and then oral sex for everybody else and everyone. So we covered the rest of the body. And I, I, I think we're going to have to get you on for another podcast all about that one. We ha- I'll be happy. I know. It. That's amazing. That's great. My mind is blown by this. I thought Dr. Laurie was a just fantastic and inspiring, but I love, there's no but actually, I'm, I'm just a bit depressed and I'm a bit depressed, but I'm finding all this out now because I just think it's fascinating. And it's like what she says about life skills. That's the key, isn't it? It's, it's, it's actual kind yeah. of practical. I've always thought, you know, relationships make it work is an emotional heart soul thing. It is equally yeah. a brain, mental, you know, 
it's practical and I've never gone that route and now I'm 82 and it's <laughs> but and I just find it it's it's great I'm learning it now I guess but it, I find it a bit like oh are those years wasted because it's it just is, makes total sense yeah but it's not wasted because now all those years you can spend those those years putting into your life skills into figuring out what you are what you are and what you want you know mm. there's nothing nothing's wasted it's not like like yeah I'm learning all this now as well and it's I'm just thinking oh I can use all of those things from bad dates and bad exes and bad experiences now I know what I do want and it was like when Laurie was I explaining see. how she is so attracted to like the addicts in the room she you know it's like yeah I know that feeling like I'm always going for the nerdy blokes but they're yeah. they're not good for me you know they're all still men child boys now I know <laughs> that actually one of the things I want is a, you know, I want a man. I want someone who's going to take control and look after things and not someone who's going to cry yeah. and sit on their Xbox wanking all night. Sorry. <laughs> I think that's like sit on their X. Stop <laughs> sitting on your X. <laughs> Stop Get sitting on X. your X's box. Get off. <laughs> Sorry, I just got a little I bit tricky that, there. No, you did. A little bit emotional. Um, I thought... I thought that was fascinating and I love the idea as well that you can take these skills that you'll learn anywhere because yeah. you know I'm a, I'm a yes. freelance I've been self-employed my entire career and I think that's because I'm very very talented and also unemployable yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder if I had some of those life skills I'd have been more employable do you know what I mean oh, especially in, in any, yeah. you know in any situation especially when it comes to negotiating yeah oh totally that my name is Bibi Lynch. I'm Miranda Kane. <laughs> Good Sex, Bad Sex was produced by <laughs> Juliet Nichols from Metro.co.uk. Get in touch with us on Twitter at Good Sex, Bad Sex with the triple X at the end. We're also on Instagram with the same name, but without the stupid X's at the end. All the X's. And um, if you have a sexy question or a query or you want as a subject that you think we, um, we should talk about, mm. or if there's a guest or maybe you're the guest that you'd like to proffer. I'm not sure if proffer is the right word there. Uh, <laughs> please do. Get in touch. Info at sexpod.co.uk. And we will see you next week. 